0: This is the Used Car Dealer Podcast, with your hosts, Zach Klemf and Steve McClory. Well, hello, everyone. Zach here, and it's episode number 12 of the Used Car Dealer Podcast, and we have a very special guest, Bob Hollinshed, the largest independent wholesale operator in North America, He started in 1979, and in addition to his wholesale operation, he's also a serial software entrepreneur creating Galves Data, Accutrade, as well as other brands. Bob, thanks so much for joining me today. How are you doing? Good, brother. How are you? Doing excellent. And you're a guest who I've really wanted to come on the podcast because the number one thing all the used car dealers are talking about is sourcing inventory. But before we get into that, I wanted to just have you kind of give a little bit about your background how you got into the car business for those of for those dealers listening today
1: We'll wind up putting everybody to sleep with that, but uh you know i'll try to make it brief if it's possible Sure. I started actually not in nineteen seventy nine but in nineteen seventy two uh, I got into the wholesale business actually um uh, after being uh, around a couple of uh, folks that were buying and selling cars from dealerships I was selling new cars at. And uh, that evolved into what we do today. I think uh, we've been through all the experiences, the first, the second gas crisis, the the situation around uh, the time machine, when cars went into time machines before they went to auctions. I think we went through um, all the different phases of import and export. We've been in the export business in Africa and China uh, long before it was stylish to do that. Wow. Uh, and I think we were actually um, uh, very early when it came to understanding what um, uh, data and using computers before fax machines uh, meant to our business. And that's actually when we started to develop uh, software. The value Excellent. cars that led us to our first uh, um, business, uh, which was uh, buyfigure.com which led us to uh, buy book technologies. And that was the basis of the trade and marketplace, which is now Kelly Instant Cash Offer. I sold that to Cox after operating it for about eight years. They exercised their option. And uh, that's what people know today as Kelly Instant Cash Offer. What we do today, um, mm-hmm. licensing to TrueCar as TrueCar Trade and Auto Trader Canada as Trader ICO in the Canadian marketplace is uh, AccuTrade. Um, when we sold our company to Cox, we had a two-year non-compete. It did not include Canada, and as a result, we took that time to develop what is now um, an ongoing uh, data company. And next generation um, uh, instant cash offer, but it includes, say, a myriad of different options that dealers can leverage uh, in the showroom as communication and insurance with the trade process, a different level of transparency, interaction with the consumer in the service department, and obviously with digital retail. I think we have the only product that actually is relevant, not just in terms of capturing a customer's name name and phone number, but functionally being able to communicate uh, um, not as an opinion, but as a platform that's transactable. So that's pretty much where we uh, stand at this moment uh, in our software development. We have a logistics product also that's uh, being uh, distributed as we speak, made logistics that enables any dealer to have a Uberized process for service, digital retail, and also for an acquisition when you're buying cars at different, uh, on different platforms in different places. You know, today, the way we're buying and selling cars is no longer from an aggregated mm-hmm. source. It's typically in a onesie twosie circumstance. So, um, I think, uh, this pandemic is yeah. changing the way we do a lot of different things. One of them is, uh, how we actually move assets after we purchase them. So that in a nutshell is it, my brother.
0: Well, you just talked about the next question I had on my mind and I wanted to discuss the change from like March and April when COVID-19 first started to take mindshare to now and what you've observed in the marketplace and in your
1: business. Well, not just what we observe so we are we are traders so in our old business which we obviously still operate we're traders Not we we're we're buyers and sellers right so if we sell and we have sold more cars in auction on simulcast than any dealer or dealer group in history um, it keeps us in tune with uh, what's good what's bad and what's actually happening right So when we first went into the panic mode, when the market went into the panic mode, we continue to sell straight through that. In other words, uh, our business is based in uh, replacement value, and that actually has an effect on what we offer for cars. And when you sell straight through it, obviously, we were in free fall in the first two to, I guess, maybe it was four weeks. And in that free fall, we continue to sell 100% when all other dealers actually decided to not panic and hold on to their cars forever um, it just is anti-logical to us and as a result uh, we sell we sold straight through that was a painful uh, point, and i would say as uh painful as my 50 year career uh could possibly be but since we we deal only in cash we don't borrow money from people Mm-hmm. You know, it's a it's a circumstance where we're perfectly happy to be liquid. And on the opposite side of that, over the past, uh, I guess it's 12 or 14 weeks, whatever it is at this point, it, the extreme euphoria of the marketplace is the exact opposite. So we hit the two biggest extremes in our 50-year career, right? So... It went as low as it could possibly be, with absolutely no interest. It had to be more or less something that's free for people to buy, and right. obviously we sell. Uh, and on the ax- exact opposite side of that, I don't think we've had a no sale in the past seven or eight thousand cars. So, um, <laughs> not only that, not no selling. Uh, I would say um, they're bringing um, what the average dealer would consider as full retail, right? So if dealers don't have inventory and they obviously they can't sell something they don't have, you know, progressive dealers are paying what they have to pay to get cars and taking them home and actually selling them right now, someone who's a pontificator and is not going to participate in hyperinflated prices, which is obviously the market. It's not like somebody is, uh, superficially, uh infusing the market, um, Um, they sit on the sidelines and don't participate. Uh, So that's a dealer's choice. And I think uh, what we find is in any market that's supply and demand driven, um, uh, in order to replace a vehicle, you have to pay what the going market rate is. And uh, um, that's what's actually happening.
0: So what are some of the new, maybe unusual ways that your company has had to clean or sanitize cars to be like COVID-19 friendly or compliant? And what was that like
1: to implement? Well, it, it's funny you asked that question because that was not a pre uh, – um, you, you didn't think of that prior to having that conversation, right, Zach? Exactly. Okay, so we own a company called Purocleanse. It's a company that we uh, developed, I don't know, 10 or 12 years ago, specifically to address a a problem that every car dealer um, encounters um, two, three, eight, ten times per month. And that's a car that doesn't sell for 30 days until they stick their nose in the car and realize it smells like a church basement or a <laughs> toilet. And we developed a product called PuroCleanse. It's a chloride based product, but it's a vapor that is uh, put into a car and kills all bacteria that's in a car. Bacteria is actually what causes the smell. So cigar smell. Uh, smell uh, you know, rotten milk, baby, whatever happens with babies, whatever it might be, uh, over-cleaning cars, getting the carpets and the headliners too wet, close them up for three days, and when you go back to smell the car, you wouldn't get in it if your life depended on it, and therefore it turns into aged inventory. That product, Puro Cleanse, turns out to be, um, you know, um, the ultimate savior for anybody that wants to get the old owner out. In other words, when you trade a car, Right. with that car comes all the old owners germs our product it takes about two hours to properly uh, um, no not two hours of scrubbing but actually you put it in the car vapor goes on to close the car up run for two hours with the air conditioning or heater on full blast up and down and it's it's sanitizing the uh, it kills all the germs in the headliner under the seats uh, you know wherever smells tend to actually um, It actually even kills kills the horrific smell of the Christmas tree on the rearview mirror. I think if dealers are listening, they understand what that is. and um, That's a disaster where you actually have to throw your clothes away when you get out of a car appraising that unit. You follow me? It does actually eliminate that smell as well. So along with eliminating smells, there's no COVID that can live uh, after the treatment. That's
0: awesome. And for you, Bob, what has been a surprise kind of given the COVID-19 pandemic and its impact on the used car market?
1: Tell me what you mean by a surprise, brother, other than the fact that when you think about it, prices of cars could never be what they are today. It's physically impossible. I can only tell you our tool, AccuTrade, actually shows you um, uh, from the day the car is new where it's been who owned it, how much they were asking for it, how long it stayed on the lot, uh, how many times it's been on the lot, and how the price has changed over time. So that's part of the data that we actually deliver to dealers. And I can only tell you this, um, more cars than not actually bring more money at the auction block than what the dealer was asking for the car retail. So if a dealer owns a unit, let's say it's 120 days old. when's that take you to, Zach? You guessed it. February, right? Yeah. Okay, good. So you didn't sell the car in February. You did what you're supposed to do, sell it to the bottom, keep lowering the price. The next thing you know, you get smashed with COVID, right? Right. Oh, and then all of a sudden that doesn't sell, and you continue to lower the price, right? So a $27,000 car turns out being 24-2. Well, the dealer has no concept, no possibility of understanding what that car is actually worth in the open marketplace in a, in a co-validated, populated with motivated buyer market simulcast for instance mm-hmm. right in other words no possibility of understanding what that actual market value is uh, and what we see and what we can actually um, not only um, um, uh, uh, we, we can actually document the fact that a card of a dealer may be an asking 27,000 can bring 31,000 on the auction block now it's completely what's a surprise would anybody ever dream that that could possibly happen a Lamborghini a dealer's asking 312,000 brings 348,000 on the auction wow. block even though it was retail was 312,000 Sure. Until two days after we hit the block with the car, right? Same thing happens with, not just with Rolls Royces, but the exact same thing happens with any kind of Camaro or Mustang or name anything that could have some desirability. It does not happen with mud. In other words, mud being a rental car or something highly traded uh, off-lease from, let's say, for instance, um, you know the the GM lane or whatever. It's, it, the cars right. are bringing big money, but they're not something extraordinary when i say extraordinary something that is a reason to take a peek it's white it's got gear it's got a clock you follow me in other words those cars are bringing completely utterly insane money but it's not insane it's the market
0: exactly and to piggyback off that question used car dealerships have been adapting to the change brought by COVID 19 one new challenge is evaluating the trade especially if you're doing it virtually What are some suggestions you have for used car dealerships to put the right number on a trade
1: so what's the right number zach i'm going to get so you you're actually it seems like and listeners are going to believe that you're playing with me because obviously my answer is one word and it's really simple it's called accutrade in other words that's what our tool does it's impossible to make a mistake when you use our tool because it happens to be guaranteed right so if you have no idea what x y or z is worth and you vindicode the car and put in the information that's necessary, it takes a good two or three seconds. Um, not only are we telling what we w- what we would pay, but we're telling the dealer how much that car would bring in an aggregated market, whether it be ACV or BlackLot or Mannheim Simulcast or OVE, whatever it happens to be. We're actually showing instantaneously what a Carfax means, what options mean, what common problems there are around that car. And when you have that, where the car has been listed, what its history is, what the pedigree of the car is, you follow me? That's what our tools built to do. The, the, in other words, everything that we've ever done, in terms of understanding what's important when it comes to valuation of a car, is it's smashed into our little, uh, uh, our little application. So if a used car dealer is using it. Um, For that matter, if anyone's using it, a bank, uh, um, uh, uh, a new car dealer, and it doesn't really make any difference what kind of new car dealer, if it's a Ferrari or a a Flex, um, they're getting all the information that's necessary to make intelligent decisions and not steal from yourself based on (laughs) theft by ignorance. You follow me? Yeah, You know, there's, there's different kinds of wholesale theft. One is a used car manager taking a note under the table, right? The other much more, um, let's call it disastrous uh, theft, is theft by ignorance. Not knowing what something's worth, taking a guess, wetting your finger, putting it up in the air, calling a friend who's not a buyer, or using some other data that has no relationship to the marketplace, something that's other than a check writer, and uh. plugging plugging a number on it. And hoping that you're correct. And when you're not correct, melting it into, this is where theft comes into, uh, into play, because it's theft by deception, melting that into that loss that didn't necessarily need to happen. You bring a very good
0: point up, because right now, a lot of used car dealers, let's say they just use BlackBook or NADA guides, they might not be using like a software application to give them up-to-date like trade-in value on that particular vehicle. So, like, for dealers who are still thinking, "Hey, I'm fine with like my uh, paper book that I still have," like, what what other um, words of wisdom do you have for them, especially you know, given the COVID nineteen marketplace? Why
1: would you want to? It would be the equivalent to asking a question. If you're going to uh, hop in a uh, like a Ferrari, you follow me? Yeah. You're hop in a car, right? And the car is actually you got your you know your bankroll all tied up, right? And you're going to drive that car like flat out, full speed, because when you, you know, you start spending your money, there is no going back, right? You're the last bidder, you own it, uh, you make an offer, you own it, and then let's start driving that car blindfold. You want to? So put the <laughs> blindfold on. Don't just put your mask on. Put the blindfold on. You follow me? And then go ahead and you know get her done, right? So it's suicidal, right? If you have, um, let's say, tools that aggregate all of the data you referred to, plus market data, plus your competition, uh, plus how you've recently performed with that vehicle or that category of vehicles when it comes to a used car dealer, not typically brand specific, although they can be, right? In other words, understanding facts, right? Before right. you weld yourself into inventory and need to wiggle your way out. Right, so um, there's no reason on earth why you would want to go into a fist fight blindfolded, right? You're not going to win, um, uh, and if you're using your own money, um, it could be the craziest thing on earth not to use tools that are available to help you understand all the things. That which doesn't mean that those tools are going to buy and sell cars for you, uh, but the insurance that surrounds the availability of tools that help all of the rationality you know around what you're doing what you're buying what you're selling where you're going where you're successful where you're not successful you know hey hey, zach you ever go fishing yep so when you don't catch anything do you go back there not really no right (laughs) so so in other words when we have success like you're fishing for trout you're in a nice like dead warm. No, you're not going to fish. No, trout don't exist there. They're in a little brook of rapidly running clean water, right? If you're going for catfish, right? In other words, you know exactly where to go because it's in dead bottom feeding, muddy water, right? And that's how you fish for those. It's the same thing with automobiles. It's identical actually, right? If you know what type of fish you're looking for, you got to go fishing in that that, uh, 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 type of environment. And if you have the bait, with it and all of the intelligence surrounding it maybe you don't even want to cheat and use a, a drone to see where the where the school is right in other words you want to do it but you can't but in other words not using what's available to you it's suicidal but <laughs> <laughs> so, dial-up yeah. phones still work really good right yeah people still have AOL use them? why don't they use them why don't they use them it, why don't we use Kodak Film no it's, it's gone, isn't it? Never to the return. Thing of the past, right. You, you see what I'm saying to you, friend? Absolutely. That's why we would, as used car dealers, want to use very inexpensive, totally effective, and guaranteed software. Yeah. So with your
0: years of wisdom, some of our listeners, they're just getting into the car business, just getting their dealer's license. What advice do you have for them from the wholesale
1: auction kind of standpoint? Really simple, Zach. If if you're getting into business, just like going to the casino, you follow me? This is a I know it's a weird analogy, but one hundred percent of the time it's true. Every time you buy a car, you gotta buy it like it's the last money you got to spend, without fail. Don't get on a roll and start you know, you walk into a casino, what do you hear first? Ding 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 ding. Lots. there's eight hundred yeah. people sitting at machines, yanking on handles but they hear somebody else get lucky, therefore they believe they can get lucky somehow. It could be the dumbest thing in the history of the world. In the car business, when you get lucky, you have to you have to forget, remember what you did, but you have to forget that you got lucky. Because if you go out and try to do the exact same thing and get lucky again, 99 times out of 100 is not going to happen. So the next piece of that, if you're just getting in the car business, do not borrow money. And if you borrow money, treat it like it's better than your own money. And if you're using your own money, you know what it feels like when you lose because it stings. Because you know what you had to do to get the money, right? Mm -hmm. And every time you leave a car sitting in a corner and it melts on you, and you know you think you're making a profit, you're not making anything until you liquidate whatever you got laying, right? You got to you got to make ten bucks, save nine, use your own money, and if you're using somebody else's, if you're using You know, another source, AFC next year, somebody, Westlake, who knows what, your uncle, whatever. uh, Treat that money like it's the only money you're ever going to have so that you don't develop bad habits of letting shit lay around because you happen to sell a car and make a profit. Next thing you know, you're doing the 52-week math millionaire stuff. It's no good, but (laughs) it'll catch up with you, and it's going to bite you right where it hurts. And lastly,
0: you know, is there anything that I didn't bring up that you want to discuss or any futures or outlook you have on the used car marketplace?
1: I mean, you're opening up a can of worms there, brother. We could go on for 14 volumes. It'll look like <laughs> uh, Tolstoy's War in Peace. You, you understand? Uh, I would say uh and believe me, I have no wisdom, I have experience, I have no wisdom whatsoever, because today is like the first day in business, you learn constantly, and the day you stop learning you're in a world of trouble uh uh because we're in a in a in a business and in a marketplace that is constantly evolving, constantly evolving um And I would say that the the euphoria that we're in, you know, everybody wants to pontificate, and say, oh, it's three weeks and it's over, it's four weeks, 22 weeks and it's over. Um, My theory is really simple. You buy a car and you sell it as quickly as possible, doing the best you can to put it in front of the right eyeballs uh, to understand that you feel comfortable that you got what the car was worth. As this market evolves, and it could go down, it's possible, I, I think we're in a, a, you know, it's totally unpredictable because with the crazy guy that we have running things, we never know what's going to happen next. And as a result, you know, the market basically is at the mercy of, you know, we shut down again, we do something else, whatever, you know, we stop giving out this money. And I think that money has a lot to do with the insanity of the market that we have people to get the extra 600 bucks here or there. They don't know what to do with it. And as a result, they go make a you know, like a uh, a, a sometimes not the best decision in the world to spend that money and buy a car. Um, So you have easy money that came in. Uh, The other piece of this is is right now it's really easy to buy cars from individuals. A lot Mm -hmm. of people not going back to the office. They got an extra car. They just want to liquidate that car. A lot of times it's really good merchandise, but they're not coming back into the market. You see, so as this is happening... You know, we're, we're in a weird circumstance um, That's it's not going to duplicate. It's not going to last forever. So we have to remain agile, uh, highly attentive to what's going on, and I would say maintaining liquidity as opposed to lulling yourself into a sleep that, well, it's not really that bad this week. It might get better next week. As we see this thing going back to normalcy, um, you, you need to be able to cut and uh, 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 reevaluate the inventory. That's my theory. You got to keep going. Um, but when we start to see it go the other direction, you know, I think you have to be prepared to face the music, right? Agreed. Does that make sense to you, Zach?
0: It makes perfect sense, Bob. And uh, thanks again for being on the Used Car Dealer podcast today. You've had a lot of words, wisdom, and experience. So thanks again for joining. Our pleasure, brother.